0: Welcome, everyone. Uh, this whole month, uh, we have been going through uh, deconstructing the Easter story, if you would, beginning in Jesus uh, obeying the Father's will and, and arriving in Jerusalem. And this is good news to Jesus obeying the Father and sacrificing Himself, Emmanuel, God with us on the cross, to die for our sins. And this is good news. And then, best of all, right, he, he ru- dies, is buried, and three days later, he rises from the dead. And this is good news. And then, we talked last week about how Jesus came and appeared to others. And he appeared to Peter, and he, and he comes to him and reinstates him, even after Peter's denial of him. And, and this is good news, because I don't know about you, but more often than not, I, I identify with Peter I know I've denied my Lord multiple times. And so it is comforting to me to see that Jesus comes and reinstates him. And so this is good news. And we have some more good news this week as we're going to be deconstructing Jesus' last days on earth. Uh, We're going to deconstruct uh, three things for him. We're going to deconstruct uh, his ascension into heaven. We're going to deconstruct his commands And we're going to deconstruct uh, the beginning of his church. And I am excited because you guessed it, it's good news. So as we begin deconstructing these things, we're going to find three common things. I know uh, I'm not a preacher, but I I guess I'm becoming one. Uh, I'm taking rules of three. So uh, in these three things, his ascension, his commands, and the beginning of his church, we're going to see three common things traits. Okay, we're going to see throughout this Jesus' part, the disciples' part, and then yes, I know Jesus is is God, but we're going to see God's part. And by what I mean by that is we're going to see God the Father and the Holy Spirit's part as this, as they're working alongside what Jesus the Son is doing on earth. So we're going to see these three parts at play. God's part, Jesus' part, and the disciples' part. Won't you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I I pray that, uh, and I thank you for everyone that that is here and and for those that will listen to this message. Uh, God, I pray that uh, as as we have come here, that that we would really be here before you, uh, that we could take all the distractions aside and set them aside, and we could give you our time and our hearts Lord, I I pray during this time as we come and encounter your word that you would work in us uh, and and your spirit uh, would speak to us. In your name we pray, amen. So we're going to actually jump right into uh, the the first one, which is Jesus' command. Uh, And if you have your Bibles with you, uh, we're going to jump right into Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to begin in verse 16. The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they had worshiped, but some doubted. Verse 18. Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me, and in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. I love this passage. This is Jesus' command to his disciples, to those who would call themselves a follower of Christ. And they're his marching orders. These are some of the last, uh, these are the orders that Jesus gives to his disciples. But did you guys catch this? Go back to verse 18. Then Jesus came near to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Our Lord Jesus has authority, all authority in heaven and on earth. And he has just given a command. I think that's worth listening to. You see, Jesus instructed his disciples, just as uh, Don so graciously uh Jumped in and, and spoke on. And his command was this Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. You see, there are three parts, just like we, we talked about, that are that are at play here that we can see. There's Jesus' part, and he fulfilled it perfectly. When he went to his disciples and he told them, Go and make disciples. They didn't scratch their heads and go, Jesus, what's a disciple? I don't know. Jesus, how do we do that? They didn't scratch their heads and, and drool a little and look dumbfounded at, at Jesus like I do at my engineering professors sometimes. They, <laughs> they knew what a disciple was, you see, because Jesus had lived it perfectly with them for three and a half years, making them a disciple of him. He lived with them in relationships with them modeling it and teaching the disciples. And then he would model what he taught. He'd give them tasks to go and do, and they would come back having done those tasks, and Jesus would debrief them, telling them what they did well, what they didn't, maybe why they failed. Jesus had been making these men into disciples of him. He modeled it for them. And so they knew what it was to be a disciple. You see, the deci- and then we have our second part, the disciples' part. See, the disciples had, had a decision. They had just received a command from Jesus. And they could obey this command. They could say, oh, yes, Jesus, we will go and make disciples. We'll dedicate the rest of our lives to living out the marching orders you have just given us. Or they could have just gone home. Just like when Jesus died and they went back to what they knew. Many of them were fishermen. They went back to fishing. The disciples had a choice to make. Are are, are we going to live out Jesus' marching orders that we just received? Or are we going to go home? The disciples had a part to play. And then lastly, we we have God's part, uh, which... In this one, Jesus play, plays this role, and we see this in verse, the last part of verse 20. What did Jesus tell his disciples after he had given them his command? He told them this, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, Jesus had given them a promise. I will be with you. I will help you through this. And this was not the first time he had made this promise. We can see that in John chapter 14, uh, verses 15 through 16, where Jesus uh, had said, Where Jesus had said this If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. If you love me, you will keep my commands. Jesus gave many commands and instructions to his disciples during his ministry. He, he showed them how to live, a, diff- a new way, a way to live in the new covenant. He showed them f- the fulfillment of the old covenant law. And so they had a part. If I love him, I will do what he commands. We also see yet another uh, example where Jesus promises to do uh, his part in this, and we see that again later in John, in John chapter sixteen, verses five through eleven. See, he promises this, but now I am going away to Him who sent me, and not yet, and yet not one of you asks me where are you going. Yet because I have spoken these things to you already, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth it's for your benefit that I go away, because if it does not go away, the counselor will not come. If I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin, because they do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you will no longer see me. And about judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. Jesus made a promise to fulfill his part, that third part, to be with the disciples always, till the end of the age. See, but before that could happen, there had, there had to be another thing uh, that, that would occur. You see, before Jesus' promise to fulfill that, to be with his disciples always, he had another job to do on this earth, and that was to leave it. Jesus had to ascend into heaven for he had promised that this counselor would not come until he had left to return to the Father. And so Jesus had another job to do on heaven. Leave it. Jesus did his part uh, by, and ascended into heaven to return to the Father. We can read this in, A- in, the, in Acts. Chapter 1, verses 1 and starting in verse 1. I wrote the first narrative, Theophilus, about all that Jesus had begun to do and teach until the day, day he was taken up, after he had given orders through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by many more convincing proofs, appearing to them 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While he was together with them, he commanded them to not leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the prom- Father's promise. See, Jesus had to leave, and they were to wait uh, in Jerusalem for uh, for this promise, this Holy Spirit, to come onto them. So Jesus had to do his part, and he had to leave. And this happens in verse 9, Acts chapter 1, verse 9. Jesus does his part. He leaves. After he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven, and suddenly two men with white clothes stood by them. They said to him, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This Jesus, this one who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way. You have seen him going into heaven. Jesus had a part to play, and it was to leave. The disciples had a part to play, and that was to wait. We saw that in the begin, uh, in Acts chapter 4. He, prom- he told them, go to Jerusalem and wait on me. I will send the Holy Spirit to you. When they come on, when the Holy Spirit comes, then you will go. Then you will move. The disciples had a part to play. And then we see that, yes, God also had a part to play in this as well. The God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, they had a part to play in this. And that was for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell into the disciples and launch them on their ministry, launch them into beginning the church. The Holy Spirit had a part to play in this. Uh, If anyone anyone doubts that, this is uh, not just me. This is Scripture. We can read this in Acts uh, chapter 2. Started in verse 1 when the day of Pentecost had arrived they were all together in one place suddenly a sound like a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were staying and tongues like flames of fire they were divided appeared to them and rested on them then they were filled with the holy spirit and they began to speak in different languages as the spirit gave them the ability for speech there were Jews in Jerusalem devout men from every nation under heaven when this sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. And they were astounded and amazed, saying, Look, aren't these all men who were speaking, Galilean, aren't, who were speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear in our own native language? Verse 9. Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, those who live in Mesopotamia, and Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, in Asia, Verse 10, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking of the magnificent acts of God in our own language. They were astounded and perplexed to one another. What could this be? But rather, some sneered at them and said, They're full of wine. In Acts, we're, we're reading about the, the beginning of his church, but we see the last that third role being lived out as God sent the Holy Spirit to launch his disciples into beginning his church. This brings us to to our our, our third uh, thing that that Jesus was to do. And that was to start his church. That was to, to launch a worldwide mission to make disciples of all nations. And here we see Once again, three more parts at play. See, we see God's part and that's as he's uh, and we see this as Peter starts his sermon. See, Peter stood up as one of the eleven and and he raised his voice and he's saying, men of Judea, look, it's only nine in the morning, guys. They're not full of wine. Rather, they're, they're full of the Holy Spirit and they're Uh, And just like the prophet Joel said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all of humanity and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old will dream dreams. Peter gets up and says, that prophecy is being fulfilled now. Verse 22. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene was a man pointed out to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Peter goes and continues on to preach a sermon declaring who Jesus was, that he was the perfect son of God who came to earth, with a mission to die on a cross and that he rose again. He did not stay dead and that he is truly Lord. And Peter goes on to to declare this in his sermon. And we're going to start moving these three parts that we've talked about. God's part, the disciples' part, and the Holy Spirit's part. We're going to start moving that and bringing it home to us today. My part, your part, and God's part. See, today, that mission that Jesus gave his marching orders to Christians, go and make disciples, that's still a mission. That is our mission of the church, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. That's our mission. And there are three parts to play in it. My part, others' parts, and God's part. You see, I have a part as a Christian. My part to play is to go to those around me that that God has put around me and to live life with them, build relationships with the people around me So that as I'm walking with Jesus and and having a relationship with Jesus, that relationship spills over into the relationships that I have with others. I have a responsibility to be a disciple maker, and so do all of you. Then there's others' parts. There's their part. As we are walking through life and sharing Jesus with them, just as Peter just shared with this crowd that was uh, amassed outside. Peter shared this sermon. He shared Jesus with them. Those individual people in the crowd had a part to play. How would they respond to what they just heard? Would they accept Peter's sermon, that Jesus is the risen Lord? Or would he reject it? And the people in our lives, they have a part to play in this as well. As we are sharing our lives with them and and discipling the people around us, sharing Jesus with them, they have a part to play. Will they accept that or reject it? We can't do their part for them. Only they can do their part. Only they can respond. And then there's the most important, and that's God's part. You see, God will work in, in, in us bringing us to the right, putting people in our lives. God will work through us, giving us words, moving in us. He'll also work in the people around us. The seeds that we plant, the words of encouragement we share with them. We might not get up and preach Peter's sermon, but we're sharing Jesus with them every day. Are we sharing a good image or are we sharing a bad image of Jesus? that every day we're sharing an image of Jesus with the people around us what's the image you're sharing how are you doing your part cuz that affects their part and god's part the seeds you plant of the image you've, of Jesus you cast god will work in those people's part in th- in those people's lives bringing them working in them bringing them to a point where they can ex- where they might make a decision to accept Him. The people who listened to Peter's sermon, Peter did his part. He shared Jesus, he go and did and obeyed Jesus' commands. He messed up, he denied the risen Lord. But Jesus reinstated him and he did his part. He preached. And we see that that people responded to Jesus and And to Peter's sermon in verse Acts chapter two verse forty one. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and on that day about three thousand people were added to them, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and to prayers. The crowds, they did their part. Peter did his part, and you bet that God did his part. We're coming to our response time now today where we have a part. We have an opportunity to do our part and to allow God to do his part. Uh, if, you were, if you're a part of the, the group that went to a discipleship conference, I, I'd like to ask that you guys would, would come forward. Uh, you can come right, right down here. We're going to do our, our response time a little bit differently. Uh, we're not going to have, have an invitation song for you guys, as, as, as you've heard the, the word of, of Christ preached, maybe you, you need to accept him for the first time. You, you've heard, if I, if I love Jesus, I'm to obey his commands. Maybe you've never done that before, and, and, and you would like to submit yourself to Jesus in baptism. As we come into this time, come on forward. If you have already submitted to him, and, and you don't know what that might look like, the elders are, are here, they would love to pray with you. And talking about submitting a part of your life to him. But also, uh, we have this time here, and we're going to add another one to this. And that's, if you have questions about maybe what your part is, or what other people's part is, or what God's part is, come forward. These people and myself, we went to a discipleship conference, and we spent a weekend just having people pour into us about what it looks like to disciple others. And we talked about what those three parts are and what they look like in our lives. If you don't know what that looks like, come on forward and, and ask a question. We're not going to have a song. We're just going to have a couple minutes of silence where you have an opportunity to do your part and God has an opportunity to do his. We're going to have a couple minutes of silence, but before we do, we're going to model what the, it might look like um, and I've got an, so I've got an older person at work, uh, and uh, I, I work with him, but uh, he doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, just by the way, uh, as, as I've interacted with him. How do I get him to come to a—how uh, do I get him here to church on a Sunday morning?
1: That's great. Um, first of all, thank you for coming forward and responding to do your part as God's doing his part, and you're, you're becoming a part of that mission to reach out and touch people part of it is developing that relationship with him further so that you've earned the right to share with him, to tell him what God's done in your life and, and to really start explaining to him and show him what it means to follow Christ. So to explain that, there's there's so many wonderful tools and, and other things available. It'll probably take a little longer than we have for these two minutes. So can I get your contact information, and I'll follow up with you later and, and share with you a lot of the stuff that we learned. It's really helpful, and I think you'd love it.
0: Okay. Okay. Um... Email is the best way of uh, getting a hold of me. Uh, Here's my email. Um, But so what are we going to do with this time?
1: With this time right now? Coming forward or the time that we're meeting? The time that we're going to meet. When I follow up with you, we're going to talk about how you engage with them. Start spending time, become a part of their life, and share with them what God's done for you and, and talk to them about discipleship. You know, instead of just getting them to church, you want them to understand following Jesus, his head knowledge, and knowing him, and, and then your heart changes, and you see that evidence of a change, and then you actually join him in his mission. You're committed to sharing it with other people, because that's what he modeled for us, and that's what he wants us to do with others.
0: Okay. Thank you. So you guys know, uh, this wasn't a prop. Um, there actually is someone that I, uh, the guy at work that I want, want to be able to disciple. We're going, to start our, we're going to pray, and then we're going to have a couple minutes of silence where you have an opportunity to respond and come forward, whether it's to receive baptism, receive prayer from the elders, or if it's wondering, what's your part in discipleship? In Jesus' command, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for what you have done today. Lord, I, I would ask that as we are, are coming to this time, that, that your spirit would move God, I, I would ask that you would uh, aid us to do our part, to, uh, I- if we love you, to, to f- obey your commands in our life, that we would take your marching orders to go and make disciples seriously. Father, I pray that, that if we have any questions about what discipleship actually looks like in our lives, if we have any questions about what our part is, Lord, I, I pray that you would uh, press it on our hearts, that, that we would uh, aid each other, that we would hold each other accountable with this. Lord, I thank you for doing your part in our hearts, uh, for moving us in us and through us. I thank you for doing your part. And in your name we pray, amen. If you have any questions now, please come forward. That was awesome uh, what I just saw. I I, I just saw people doing their part and responding to God doing his. and, And I'm excited about what's gonna happen as God is doing his part and we're doing our part as Christians, I'm excited to see what's going to happen in this world as we live out Jesus' command to go and make disciples. I'm excited to see other people begin doing their part and responding to God. Maybe God was, is, is working in your heart and, and you know that, that there's, when, when we sit, read that verse, if you love me, you will obey what I command it. And maybe you just know that you, you still have some questions or, or you know that something's not lining up. This isn't the only opportunity you have to respond to God's word uh, and, and to respond to him. If you guys ever have any questions about discipleship, about what it, it means to live out Jesus' marching orders, uh, we're all here as Christians. We're all here as His church to encourage one another. So I chal- challenge you guys, as we go this week, do your part. Live out Jesus's commands. And don't forget to respond to God as he does his part. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the opportunity we had uh, to respond to you and your word. We thank you uh, for, those, for those that did. And, and Lord, we just pray that you would work in all of us this week for us to do our part. Uh, and God, that you would do yours. Uh, and, and we could just see a world changed by you. In your name we pray. Amen.